This is Kanzen Shu, the podcast, episode 367 for the week of August 10th, 2014. Welcome to Kanzen Shu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fansite. Kanzen Shu. That's right, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. We got three quarters of the staff on the show this time. I don't know how often it is that we have more than two of us at the same time, but my name is Mike Vegito EX, and I guess uh, we'll progress across the country, east to west. Next up, we got Heath. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Uh, yep, that's you. Yep. Moving on, we got Jake Herms. What's up? Hey, still here. Hooray! Uh, Julian cannot join us because he's in Japan, and he has nothing to do with the content of this episode anyway. He couldn't make it to North American screening for some reason. Right. Poor him. <laughs> got a chance to check it out opening day in Japan, but uh, we can consider Julian irrelevant. For this episode, we are, if you haven't guessed it, talking about the North American debut theatrical screenings, Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods, English dubbed screenings. Now, this is part of our continued celebration of Battle of Gods, if you want to call it that. I mean, we've been talking about it for so long now. I feel like we're coming up on probably somewhere around the two-year anniversary of its announcement, right? Because it was late in the year in 2020. 12 something like that yeah yeah we're we're pretty much almost at two years man it feels longer than that and yet a more compressed timeline than that at the same time uh so we're just going to keep talking about it because it's the most recent thing and it's the gift that keeps on giving and then even more of an extension of that is the english dub that we're talking about you can probably count on one hand (laughs) the number of times that we've dedicated a topic here on the show to an international dub uh specifically the english dub and that is what we're doing this episode. I mean, we talked about the content of the movie so much with the Japanese theatrical debut, the Japanese home release. So at this point with the movie, all there really is to talk about anymore is the English dub itself. And the three of us all went and checked it out in theaters. Woohoo. Opening night, baby. We did. Jake, you just saw it today, yesterday. I don't know what day it is anymore. Yesterday, which was the, as far as I know, the first time it played in Hawaii. We're a little behind. I, I saw that with a bunch of theaters. Um, I mean, here in New Jersey, a lot of them played it Tuesday and that was it. And then a lot of them played it Saturday and that was it. So <laughs> I think it was just kind of luck of the draw wherever you lived. Yeah, it wasn't always on the set four days that were originally promoted. No, no. Theater so, by theater. It was different. I think my time. local theater only did it Tuesday, Wednesday. Gotcha. And then yeah. That was it. yeah, I think one of my theaters had an encore showing on Wednesday, but we went and checked it out Tuesday. That's really all we got on deck this episode. I mean, we have a whole bunch of us, which means I have multiple audio tracks that I need to uh, pre-process and post-process. So I'm going to keep things strictly related to the movie itself. It is a topic-only episode this week. So I say we just get right on into it. Battle of Gods English dubbed. Let's talk a bit about our theatrical goings experiences. Uh, Heath, how was yours? Did you meet up with anyone? What was the theater like? All that stuff. So I went on the fifth opening night and I decided to go by myself because uh, my wife had to stay home and watch our two-year-old. And I got there a little bit early because I had already looked online and saw that 
my showing was sold out. Oh, it was. Okay. So luckily I had already pre-ordered tickets like two weeks in advance. You yeah, know, yeah. Nothing major. Um, showed up. It was it was a little sparse. You know, I went and got some popcorn, a soda, went and sat down. There were probably 20 people already in there. Hmm. But man, by the time, oh, 15 minutes before seven o'clock, it was packed. It filled up for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had uh, the movie had actually started and people were standing in the aisles on the sides, still trying to find seats. Mm, um, yeah. Everybody was as squished together as they possibly could. And then I noticed I looked down and there's movie staff members like standing down at the bottom of the steps and they're all watching the movie. Just too. Like, out watching, they didn't yeah. want to leave. It's <laughs> like, this is pretty cool. So nice. Um, and then after the movie, I did meet up with uh, one of our four members. So I chatted with him a little bit and then I had to run to work. So <laughs> right, <laughs> Don't that work right after the movie. Gotcha. Uh, okay, then I guess we'll go over to me. Uh, we did same thing Tuesday opening night. The movie was not sold out by the time we got there. Is actually Jeff, who I know most listeners are familiar with, back from the manga review of Awesomeness, uh, was able to come last minute and he was able to get a ticket uh, right before we went over. So we showed up with a little bit of an entourage, as I am want to do with movies. Uh, we came with myself, Mary. Jeff was there. Buddy Bryce was there. Uh, podcast super fan. Buddy Albert was there as well. Uh, I think that was it. And then we met up with uh, Forum It Shadow Dude uh, saw the movie with us as well. So that was pretty cool. So we had a little group. We ended up having to take the topmost lane of seats. I don't know. Row of seats. Row. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you very much. Uh, because that was the most available. But it ended up working pretty good because it was a smaller theater. So even though it was the topmost row, it still felt right online with the screen and not too far away so that was pretty good uh my big complaint throughout the movie was that uh the audio had something going on the best i can describe it is if it was center channel only coming right out on top of the screen itself there was no kind of dynamic range or stereo sound surround sound or anything it was just all coming out of the one place it just had no oomph to it at all that See, definitely I, brought things down. i know i had stereo you at least had stereo. Well, that's nice. Yeah, I think it was, you know, it wasn't surround. It was kind of a simulated surround. It was coming out of all the speakers, but it was just a stereo track. Gotcha. Hmm. And that was it. And then, you know, we watched the movie and we hung out for a little bit and chatted it up after the movie. And people had, you know, a couple different lengths of drives to go after that. So we didn't stick around too long. So that was our experience. Jake, how about you? So as I kind of said, here it opened on Saturday. Unlike, I guess, most places it opened on Tuesday, I was a little concerned that it might be postponed due to the double hurricane. <laughs> right. We were watching but, that. Yeah, ultimate, yeah, ultimately didn't affect anything. You know, most stuff here got closed. Most uh, places got closed down on Friday, but everything was okay by Saturday. That's good. So um, here it actually played in two local theaters, the big... For the like the big huge local megaplex place, but also it was playing at the Honolulu Museum of Art. Oh, cool! Yeah, and so I opted to see it there because that sounded more fun. I reserved the ticket like a month ago, whenever it was first announced. But it ultimately I could have just walked in. Like they weren't very strict about much of anything. Mm -hmm. And so you know I went there about two hours early and just looked through various exhibits at the museum before going into the theater. You know, it was a fairly small theater there. It's just attached at the back of the museum. And it has this really weird, uh, this very elaborate... Uh, not a wallpaper, this a mural, I guess you'd call it, of like this underwater scene which shows uh, bunnies fighting garbage monsters. <laughs> it's, 
I just spent like 15 minutes prior to the movie starting just looking at this wall. That sounds great. And yeah, I think I posted something on Twitter about this. And yep. there's like, first off, there's this painting and then there's this very lab. They've got a little plaque with the very elaborate backstory to this painting. <laughs> like it was imagined as the climactic battle in some very long story about bunnies, bunny fish and trash monsters. It's some kind of ecological message like Captain Planet. It's very strange. I, I think we need to forget about Battle of Gods and just talk about this for an hour. This sounds great. This is going to be the uh, bunny fish podcast now. Oh my god. Anyway. Okay, so. well how about inside the theater as the movie got going? Did it pack up pretty good? Well, I think overall there were about 20 people, 20 to 30. It wasn't, it was maybe about half full. It wasn't very crowded. And you know, it was a fairly quiet crowd i guess mm -hmm. you know i was reading i was reading some people's experiences on the forum yeah, about yeah. how how there'd be like you know cosplayers attending and people shouting out catchphrases and right. making comments throughout the movie and i didn't get any of that i guess because you know with uh, an art museum crowd it's kind of self-selected to be more on the uh, sure. subdued side yeah that makes sense well let's talk about that too let's talk about our uh, the the crowd themselves heath did you have any loud folks not really we did before the movie started yeah. which i'm perfectly fine with there was a lot of talking a lot of people telling stories you know reminiscing mm. so it was just really nice to kind of overhear some of those yeah but they um, shut but, up when it came to the movie itself yeah but once the movie started i mean it, it of course everybody laughed at the moments they were yeah, yeah. you know cued to laugh at and things like that but we didn't have anybody yell anything back at the screen we you know everybody for the most part was pretty respectful nice so it was kind of nice by the time we got in it was only about 15 minutes before the movie started so i don't know what the audience conversations were like ahead of time we weren't in line with everyone anything like that it was the same kind of thing when the movie got started everyone was really quiet really respectful lots of laughs at the right things so let me ask you guys i mean this was the biggest moment for the crowd during the movie with vegeta's my bulma and he loses it did your crowd kind of cheer at the same time like mine did there wasn't a whole lot of reaction oh really honestly oh, our crowd no. lost it at that scene it was really really spectacular to hear that and feel that i don't think my crowd i guess there was a reaction but not particularly big compared to some of the other big moments yeah but the thing that really got a laugh was the bit at the end where it's goku impersonating vegeta saying yes yeah yeah, yeah we had a couple moments where i mean it people were laughing so loud you could almost not hear the next line yeah we had dialogue too <laughs> The oracle fish got a pretty big reaction from my audience. Really? Thing where it's like, yeah, I was kind of surprised. I mean, I thought it was funny, but okay, it's the line where uh, Beerus is like, didn't you, you didn't you make this prediction 39 years ago? And the fish is like, did I? Yeah, I guess I so. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, that got a big laugh, which took, yeah, didn't expect That's that. a real subtle line. I find it yeah. funny, but it's not the kind of thing that I would expect a larger reaction to. Yeah. yeah. It, mu it must be the art museum crowd again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. They get the subtle jokes. Right, right. All right. Well, that's cool. Um, I guess we have to talk about the dub of the movie itself here. I mean, like I said, that's all that's left to talk about with this. We had a good episode leading up to this, I think, set the stage for us pretty good a couple episodes ago, where we had an interview with Chris Abbott, Sean Schemmel, and Justin Cook, uh, real briefly talking about the movie and their experience with it 
we kind of focus more on the movie itself to get their thoughts. Uh, but then we had our buddy Josh talk about his experience watching the dub from the red carpet debut over there in California. That was about a month ago. So I think we all went into this expecting, all right, it's the Funimation cast. It is what it is. Uh, it's mostly the accepted cast. The only big change there, I guess if you can call it a big change, was Monica Rial, who is the Kai casting for Bulma. Although we had the old Meredith Mc. Koi, I think it is, as number 18. I think even Oolong was an older casting. I couldn't tell you who the new versus old Oolong is, though. So it was kind of a mix of casts, but the expected cast for everyone that you would expect to hear in 2014 from Funimation. So we went into it expecting that cast and probably a Kai caliber dub, which is pretty faithful and actors who know their characters at this point. And I guess Heath will start with you. What were oh, your great. impressions on the dub of Battle of Gods? Um, I was quite impressed. Yeah. Um, I thought they have definitely come a long way and I, I don't think there's any debating that they even admitted themselves that when they first started, they were all very raw. They were all, a lot of them were very unfamiliar with the series itself. Many of them had not voice acted before if they had acted itself at, at all. all. Yeah. Right. So it's really nice to see it progress so far. It, you, you almost kind of go, gosh, man, if, if the whole thing would have just been like this forever, it, it would have been magical. But that's not the world we live in, and <laughs> right. we, we just have to live with what we have, and, and we've been doing that for years. So overall, I was very impressed. Um, I really enjoyed the translation that they used. Uh, I thought they did a good job with that. You know, they they took liberties, just like any dub does, um, but I don't think they were too... Uh, how do I say? Too far out there. Um, most of them were all in character, nice little shots. You know, things more for the fans, I thought it was. You know, get a laugh, get, yeah, you know, why, why did you fly 25 feet over here? You know, things like that. It was all just, right. I want to talk about that it, line. It was, it was kind of nice. Were they needed? Eh. But, but for the audience in a theater setting, I thought it worked very well. Let's stick with that line in particular. This reminded me so much of this kind of observational humor, kind of Seinfeld-esque observational mm -hmm. humor that DBZ Abridged would do, similar to... And yes. I, 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 I remember this that line... That is almost exactly what it reminded me I of. I remember this line from the Kai dub because I wrote about it in the review, Napa's I Hate the Media. It's, it's that kind of thing where I'm like, it's kind of funny, that's not your job, though. And that's one of those lines that really stuck out to me throughout the whole mm -hmm. thing where I'm like, yes, I guess I could see Pilaf saying that at the same time. I don't know, because there were a couple ones where I lost it at this one. The audience lost it as well with Trunk saying, uh, my, I want to break up or I think I want to break up. Now, yes. Something like that. But that was more in character involved with the movie that that made sense. It, it kind of did. I don't know. I guess I have to be the guy. I'll be the bad guy. I'll be the one who can get pegged as usual as I have since 1998. I don't care. Whatever. I'll be the one who's like, I thought there were too many liberties taken and I don't know about it. 
Jake, what was your take? Well, it's a little hard to say because I heard a lot about that line in particular just before seeing the movie. So uh-huh. it probably, like my thoughts on it were kind of like I didn't get an unbiased reaction. Uh, okay, to it. yeah, you came so many days later that you already had so much to read ahead of time. So just watching the movie, I didn't f- really find it funny, but I had known about it in advance. So it's like, you know, I kind of had it spoiled. So I don't sure. know. I kind of, I kind of agree. I kind of agree with what you two said, where it's like, it feels like the kind of joke that doesn't quite fit into the movie. Like, it'd be more in place and maybe abridged or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But there were other lines. Um, oh, the, there was another joke like that, where it's like Bulma saying, hey, Vegeta actually has friends. Mm. And it's like, you know, line, jokes like that that they added, it felt a lot more natural. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And the other thing... You know, something that kind of caught me by surprise, actually, is that I really didn't like uh, Pilaf's dub voice. What's your familiarity with his dub voice, if at all? Well, that's the thing. I have, I've actually uh, seen quite a bit of the, uh, the original non-ZDB. I've probably seen more of the funny dub of that than I have of the funny dub of DBZ. <laughs> that's funny. That's like totally backwards. Right. Yeah. I mean, I saw a lot of the DBZ dub just when it first aired on Toonami. But as far as anything I've seen recently, it's probably just been more of the DB dub. Oh, okay. I mean, probably watching this movie, this is the first time that... You know, I haven't seen much of the Kai dub, just checked in on it here and there. So yeah. watching this movie is probably the most time that I've spent listening to, like, uh, dub Goku or dub Vegeta since probably playing Budokai 3 back in whenever the heck that came out. Gotcha. Okay, that was like 2003, 2004 yeah, yeah, so I'm pretty out of the loop on that. Anyway, so uh, what I was saying is that, yeah, even though I've actually been exposed to Pilaf's dub voice a lot prior to this... For some reason, I just, I don't know, I found him getting on my nerves throughout the movie. So anyway. uh, That's not the character that got on my nerves. All right. Who's the character that got on your nerves? (laughs) I, oh gosh. I know. I've been saying this for years. I know where we're going. Even when we reviewed Kai, I've I've always said Sean Schemmel really needs to give up Kaio. He needs to say, you know what? I'm fine with Goku. You give this to somebody else. Because I I just cannot, I cannot do it. I really feel like it's just, all right, here's the negative portion of our review. You expected to hear this. You probably came in ready with your notepad at hand saying, are they going to mm-hmm. note this? Yep. Okay. They're talking about it. Grumble, grumble, grumble. But I know ser- that's why I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> Seriously, it's completely insufferable. I can't do it. The worst part is that that's how the movie opens. It is, yeah. I feel like he's there for a good amount of time giving exposition and explanations, and they cut back to him every once in a while. And that's the thing, though, is like his lines are good, and he did a good job with that. It's just the voice. It just... Oh, man. More than anyone else. I mean, finally, we have Frieza in an English dub over here. We need to have Kaya. We've never had kaio in an english dub i feel like he's one of he's not a major character but he's the last major holdout that we just don't have a good representation not even accurate just like good representation of that character and he's a character who gets lots of important exposition right exactly (laughs) i mean he gave you know in this movie he gives the explanation for the whole backstory of who the villain is and all that and you can i had trouble just understanding what he was saying yeah i mean it's always been an impression of a previous existing voice uh i think it was one of the browns Mm-hmm. back in the uh, the old Ocean Studios cast. And it's just never been there. It's one of the voices that's never been able to come into its own. I mean, you go back to Sonny Strait's 
uh, impression of Terry Clayson or Classen. I don't actually know how to pronounce his name. That voice is nothing like what it was in 1999. It's come into its own so much. And even Sabbath's Vegeta is nothing like the almost non-impersonation of Brian yes. Drummond that it was in 99. Schemmel's Kayo, I, I don't know, guys. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's funny because his Goku in this movie was, I think, better than it's ever been. Yeah. All right. So let's turn it over (laughs) to the things that we enjoyed, the accurate portrayals, the things that really made us smile. Uh, There were a couple key scenes that everyone really wanted to know how they would be done in this English dub. I mean, Vegeta's bingo scene, but particularly when Goku runs up to introduce himself to Beerus. I mean, the joke there in Japanese is that he runs up and starts saying, us or Goku, and Kaio smacks him because... First of all, you need to address a god properly. And second of all, you're talking like an idiot. He's being very informal. I mean, that's kind of an untranslatable thing because we don't have a Goku in an English dub that talks like a country bumpkin. So what would they do? And they did a very similar thing where he ran up and said, hey, uh, I'm Goku. And then he got smacked. I really, really liked how they adapted it, Mm -hmm. where he would say things kind of overwrought bad dialogue what was the good one like it's a pleasure for you to meet me uh my lord i feel like that's how they get around the desu he would say my lord for those uh lip flaps there but he would just say things like yes that is the thing that for you to me to say that i am responding it felt really natural for a dub of that scene and i really appreciate that that was a very good scene i think Overall, they um, more so than especially any movie, but even in the TV series, really adapted Goku, I think, very well as far as his mannerisms and, and the way he talks. Yeah, yeah. And just being a bumpkin. I think even um, Sean Schemmel in his uh, Goku 101 video that they did for Funimation, mm-hmm. you know, he notes in there even that he got some lines that he had never seen before for Goku. And it's kind of like, you know, that's because a lot of times movie, especially movie Goku, is very different from manga Goku. And with Toriyama being so involved with this movie, I think this is one of the first times that a lot of American fans really got to see manga Goku more on the stage. I know we've talked about that a few times in the past. And Jake, you, you were kind of one of the earlier champions on this, where it's we've had Manga Goku to Toei Goku to Toei slash Koyama Goku in the movies and then to Funimation style Goku and then the movies on top of that. And they're all different characters. They, they progress in this very, very strange way. And now we're back to, like you were saying, Heath, this is a story that Toriyama came in and basically said, no, 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 this, this, this. And he started writing a lot of the dialogue for him. So I remember a lot of the early impressions that dub fans had watching the Japanese version of Battle of Gods was like, man, Goku's really out of character. It's like, well, mm-hmm. uh, no, actually, this is the Goku that we know from the manga. It's just you've been so many steps removed from him that it feels so different for you and i thought it was really neat to see that dubbed that way jake what were your thoughts on that just on his uh, characterization yeah jake i mean you were saying that the last time that you really got in depth with a z era dub was kind of the, the ps2 game maybe midway ps2 games heath and i have checked out i mean the the early kai dub but none of us are english dub watchers for dragon ball so it's it's been spot checks for us over the years so how how was that coming in yeah i mean that's kind of the problem with like i, I said before like oh i think he's better in this i think than he's 
ever been. But then, of course, you know, I haven't been watching very consistently over the years. Right. But on the flip side, I guess you could say that just for me coming to this without too much preconception on uh, Dub Goku, like he did feel like it just felt like a very good voice for Goku. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. how in keeping his performance in this movie is with uh, how he's done in maybe uh, throughout Kai, but it just felt in keeping with the character. It felt in keeping with Nozawa's performance in the Japanese version of this movie. I mean, I don't think there was really a, any point in the movie where I'm like, oh, his performance feels off. If you go over to Kai, I mean, part of the point of Kai was to remove a lot of the filler. And a lot of the filler was a lot of the chances we had to see Goku explore some of those fun downtime emotions that we all got used to throughout the the original version of Z. So to then have a movie use some of those emotions and then have a dub dubbing those emotions that they never really had a chance to do appropriately themselves it, it was very neat i don't know how else to describe it but i was really appreciative of it yeah overall i thought they did a, a great job and like i said earlier y- you can really just if, if you're someone that's followed along as um since funimation started dubbing you can really see the progression and you know my hat's off to them on what they did for this because i think they've they finally really figured it out and when i say figured it out i mean like the characters how their voices go with them and they just becoming the character because like we said a lot of them didn't really have a whole lot of dubbing experience let alone acting experience and with any great thing it just takes practice and i think they've they've done a great job growing into the characters and just i think script wise i mean uh Going off of performances a little bit, just looking at how they translated the script. Mm-hmm. I was going to, like, when I was uh, halfway through the movie, I was thinking, you know, script-wise, this is just about perfect. Mm-hmm. And then maybe towards the end, it got a little yeah, yeah. looser. Yeah. So so it'd be maybe a step below, like, you know, if you've got perfect and then just about perfect, whatever a step below just about perfect would be. That's that's exactly how I felt. Whereas those one-off lines from like, oh, did we really need mm-hmm. to say that? It was those lines. And honestly, it was Kayo <laughs> that really kept it from being <laughs> yep. that level. I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like script-wise, it's perfect. Some of the performances, mostly Kayo, let it down. Yeah. Well, let's talk about other voices. I mean, Jake, I, I think you outlined this perfectly. Maybe you can explain it that Beerus and Weiss, they had a, a blank slate to go with here. Yeah, like just watching some of the preview clips, like I think Funimation released like half the movie <laughs> on YouTube before the dub officially premiered. So yeah, a lot of me and a lot of other people kind of got spoiled on a great many things yeah, just going I, through those clips. I just stopped watching them. <laughs> I mean, I think the dub voices for Beerus and Wiss, uh, they couldn't be better. And it kind of, I think, illustrates to me, like, the only things keeping this dub back were just holdovers from, you know, just from the previous iterations of the dub, like, obviously, Kaio's voice and just a few other things like that. I completely agree with that. With these two brand new characters, it just, the fact that, um, you know, they had a blank slate, they didn't have any preconceived, not preconceived, you know, they didn't, the fact that they nailed them so well just shows that that's what they're capable of now. Ahead of time, I mean, I had a little bit of Battle of Z experience with the two voices and then some of the clips leading up to it. I was pretty much 100% on board with Whis. I thought it was great going into it. Beerus was the one where I'm like, I'm not sure. I think I need to see the full movie and get the full context to really judge it because the voice in Japanese is really like, he's got that kind of nonchalant, just this kind of, he sighs with everything, just 
Mm-hmm. Ugh, okay, I let's get on with it already. Everything's just an annoyance. Exactly. Because he's a cat. Right, right. And I, I wasn't getting any of that from some of the preview clips, but I'm thinking, all right, a lot of the preview clips are some of the serious things, so I want to go into the movie and, and then judge it after that. And I'm glad that I, I did that because watching the movie now i'm fully sold on it like getting all of those extra scenes with him falling down off of his bed and slinking around i i really do feel like okay yep they they understand Beerus, no problem and and it was totally sold there yeah you almost just as long as you've been around a cat before <laughs> i mean you kind of have a pretty good idea of what he should act like right right, right. did you feel the same way Heath, like watching the full movie i it's did like, okay yep that's Beerus. yeah yeah i I thought they did an excellent job with both of those characters. I don't know that they really could have done a whole lot better. And and I totally agree with what Jake was saying is a lot of the issues that some people still have with the dub are just more carryovers than anything. Like we've been talking about probably half of this podcast episode so far. They've they've really grown and this is what they're capable of now, which is really exciting to see. Yeah, thanks Barry Watson. Great job. Yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, because uh, it's tough because they've been able to make some of those clean breaks like Frieza and just go mm-hmm. with it. But then at the same time, you even have people, and maybe this is just some sort of confirmation bias where I, I feel like I'm reading so much of it and I'm applying it to a larger fan base than it really is. But you have people complaining about Sabbath's Vegeta like, oh, it's nothing like it was back in the Z-dubs. Like, yeah, because it's good now. Good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like, yeah, he can act and he's found where the character is for him. But you do still have and it's tough for them to juggle it where it's they want to do it really well. They also have a fan base. So mm-hmm. what do you do? And I guess this is what you do. The Kai dub and the Battle of Gods dub is what you end up with. You kind of see two sides of Vegeta, not only in the film, but just in his fan base. Yeah, I feel like yeah. especially on the English side. Mm hmm. Because there was a lot of reaction when it first came out. Uh, Like, for instance, the theater I was in, Mm -hmm. everybody loved the bingo scene when he started singing. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that got a huge applause. Everybody laughed. But you'll also hear from people, oh, that is totally out of character. Yeah, then then you go online and you see the vocal minority. Like, that's out of character. And and it's always been that way, I feel like, especially from early on Funimation dub of Vegeta. Because fans of Vegeta in the Japanese version, fans of Vegeta in the English version, it's kind of two different things. And so there's always been this polar kind of polling of what is in character in one version of the show mm, is not yeah, in character yeah. in the other version sure. and and i feel like we kind of got that a little but sabbat has done such a good job with vegeta yeah, but that, that being said i mean just watch the series i mean you can't yeah. change the visuals of the series vegeta still grew such a huge amount by the end of the boot arc and i feel like the fans that say vegeta's out of character in battle of gods just kind of went to sleep for the boo arc and didn't yeah. see that growth there i don't know but i mean if we're talking about the bingo scene then like half the point is that it is sort of out of character for him and exactly. it shows how yeah it shows how desperate he is right goku even brings it up later that yeah. you know he has grown so much as a person that in order to save all of his quote-unquote friends and family yeah he's willing to put his pride aside to it's do this. so in character that he acts for that brief moment 
so out of character. Yes. So what else can we talk about with the dub of this film? I mean, I feel like we talked about the script, the overall performances, some of the shortfalls in the casting performances like Kayo, some of the great performances like Beerus and Weiss. Is there anything else to talk about? I mean, the music is exactly the same as it was, the Sumitomo mm-hmm. score, so nothing to say there. What else? I mean, maybe we can talk about the uh, the English versions of the songs, both Hero just gonna say and that. Hedgehala, which are completely... <laughs> incomprehensible in their English incarnation. They sound like they're in Japanese. They do. You actually kind of know Japanese. And you're like, those aren't even those aren't words. words. Those aren't syllables. That's nothing. You are saying nothing. I, I feel yeah. like it actually <laughs> brings it down a huge amount because they're struggling so much to hit the pronunciation that there's mm-hmm. no longer any oomph where there needs to be in the performance. I feel like they would have been much better off just using the original Japanese version. I agree, yeah. Um, because and it, it's something that Funimation and a lot of dub companies have you know, been switching to because we live in this really weird era where they embrace the Japanese-ness yeah, of yeah. things, right. um, which is totally opposite of the 90s for anyone that grew up Yeah, KMFDM, Chun-Li yeah. versus Vega. Yeah, now we're talking. So it's just kind of like fans... No, it's Japanese. I don't think there's any real issue with just leaving the song in. And especially with Hero, it's such a good song on its own. Even if you don't know Japanese, it is just the performance yeah, yeah. and the way it hits with that scene. Yeah, it's just, it's the just sound. so perfect. Right. So, well, this is the thing. We can't blame this on Funimation. This is a global no, thing. No, no, All we can't. international versions are getting the English versions of the song. I mean, the Mexican mm-hmm. dub had the English versions <laughs> of the song. It's really, really stupid. And yeah, I'm, it's when they like send it. out, it's all mixed in the audio track. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure everyone was told you're not allowed to mess right. with this. The, the blame here lies probably with Flo and their management. Don't blame Funimation. Mm-hmm. We certainly don't. Well, the CG was still there. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to say there. <laughs> yes. Nope. The dub did not fix the CG. <laughs> I was really hoping it would because it showed up and I was like, oh, damn, it's even worse on a giant theatrical it is, screen. It is. You know, That's maybe we can talk about that because, I mean, the the batch of us here, we've only ever seen it at home. And yeah, sure, HDTV, whatever. But seeing it projected this way at this large of a resolution, you can kind of tell. I'm, I'm guessing that even this was not animated at 1080p because mm-hmm. I feel like some of the characters in the background get a little blurry. Like not yes. even background background stuff, but someone who's just not the main focus, but is right there still is a little fuzzy when it should probably be crisp if it's supposed to be 1080 i would agree with that it's like oh you you did cheap out your toe way your toe way you expect anything less yeah but i mean exactly but seeing it on a theatrical screen it's like oh yeah i mean it was it was really nice it was see it on a big screen it was i wish my sound lived up to the visual quality because yes man jake did you have any issues with your audio no not that i noticed yeah i think people have even posted on the forums that you know it wasn't just one isolated incident it seems like there were Mm -hmm. quite a few theaters that had some issues. Right. And that may just be because there's so many things going on. Some of it handled Mm -hmm. by Fathom, some of it just the local whatever, beaming it through satellite or having something local. There's any number of things that can go wrong. And it's not, you know, the latest Michael Bay movie where everything absolutely has to be fantastic and exploding behind you and underneath your butt. So That would have been awesome. 
I do say my heart goes out to some of the people that reported in saying that they didn't even get to see the movie because of all the technical difficulties. Oh, they just canceled it. Where they started playing like, a different movie entirely or <laughs> yes. TV show or something. It's like, oh man. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about going to see it again, but the only other screening was uh, Saturday midday. Mm-hmm. And that just wasn't going to work out for my schedule this weekend. I will be going again this week. Oh, you are? They have another screening so, for you? Yeah. yeah, we have. Nice. So we have four theaters in town that are showing it. Two of them did Tuesday, Wednesday. And then the other two are owned by Marcus Theaters, mm-hmm. and they have the delayed release, oh, which is okay. from the 14th to the 17th. Gotcha. So I'm like, well, what the hell? I might as well. Because I really wanted to go again, but I couldn't go on Wednesday because of work. Yeah, yeah. So. I wanted to see it twice if I could prior to recording the episode, but it just wasn't. So I figured I might as well. Yeah. And this one, I'm assuming, will be much less crowded. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably. Who knows? Well, let's talk about this. And that's the, the limited theatrical screening of the movie and why they may have done it this way as opposed to just releasing it or doing a full on screening, you know, multiple weeks in a row, releasing it as if it were anything else. There's a lot of reasons why they could have done a lot of different things. I was talking with Mary about this and we're thinking, all right, by relegating it to such a small amount of time, you, you kind of get this, guys, it's imperative that you go see it right now you don't have another chance you have to go see it and it does boost your chances of having sold out shows yeah yeah it does so kind of makes it appear bigger than maybe it is so what do you two guys think was that the right choice for funimation here could they have gone bigger and still had it succeed or is this really the right thing i kind of looked at it as almost a test yeah kind of i don't know because for the longest time we had no idea what was gonna be happening and I'm just wondering if with Fox being involved, if that had something to do with it, that they said, no, we only want to do a short time frame because it'll cost us less money. Right, right. Um, it just begs the question, who really had input in how this happened? Yeah. Because, yeah, you're going through a distributor, but you think if you had it in theaters, say, even just two weeks, that extra week, I don't know how that would bankrupt you, <laughs> you know? I don't know. It really did feel to me like you got to go see it right now. And yes. I, I think that worked in, in their benefit. It'll be interesting to see how they handle the next film, because I think that'll give us more of a comparison. Yeah. Do you think they will do a theatrical screening of whatever the title is of the 2015 movie, if and when they get it, probably late 2016? With the way this has gone so far, I would not be surprised at all if they did. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, this did so well, and it's so big. I would almost be a little shocked if they didn't do it. I think they should try again. I mean, this seems to have been a success. I mean, One Piece has really, really big movies, too, but that's not going to pull in the audience. I mean, Dragon Ball has the luxury of being the right thing at the right time to have such a huge audience that just knows it as a show in addition to Yes Cool Anime. They can pull from so many walks of life to get him in the theater. I had one other thing that we hadn't talked about okay. yet, and that is Tarble. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people like... I almost completely forgot about that. What are they going to do? Because they didn't release it, so they can't leave that line in there. It's like, no, they're going to dub the movie, and the line is the line, and, and so be it. And mm-hmm. I've always said, technically, the JSAD special was officially and legally streamed in our country. There was a way to watch it, and when something's on the internet, it's forever on the internet, so... And he was in Raging Blast too. so... Yeah, there were people in my theater that 
I could tell were very confused. Yeah. <laughs> but they would turn to right. their friend and they're, I'll tell you when we get out. Right, right. Read, that seemed you know, to be the thing. thing where it was like, yeah. what? I'll tell you later. <laughs> so it, it was just kind of nice because I knew it was coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just prepared myself. Yeah, that's the, the point where you start going, all right, I got to watch the audience on this yes. line in particular. I had a couple of those moments. Well, the first one was when Pilaf was going to show up. Yep, yep. And then it was with Tarble. And I was just like, okay, as much as I'm enjoying this movie, I really have to sit back. I just want to watch the audience because I kind of want to see, you know, what other fans' reactions going to be to this. Well, tell me about the Pilaf arrival because I feel like we got kind of a non-reaction to it, but not in a bad way. Just a, all right, let's yeah, see where this I goes. Got, on my end, I got kind of a a mix. You, you could tell there were a couple grumbles and then a couple people were just like oh cool mm-hmm. you know not overly excited but like oh that's neat that they brought him back so it was kind of a a mix for it and i swear there was a guy maybe three or four seats away from me that was just like who the hell are they <laughs> you know yeah i found it kind of hard to gauge the reaction of my crowd it was so small yeah yeah and i was kind of I wasn't sitting quite close enough to anyone to really hear what or if they were saying, gotcha. but I saw people's heads moving. <laughs> okay. But I, like, well, mm, that's a, yes. Hmm. But then I wasn't really watching them at other points of the movie, so their heads could have been moving all along and I wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> all right. Well, we've talked about the Pilaf showing up and the My Bulma was a big scene, both versions of My Bulma, the actual one and the impersonation. Uh, another scene that got a really, really good reaction in my theater in particular was uh, when they walk over to Boo. There was a little bit of a reaction like, oh, wow, it's Boo. But then when Boo licked the pudding, there was an audible, yes. oh, I think somebody in my theory yelled out, no, we didn't. (laughs) They know exactly what that is about to lead up to. Like, this is the moment where things change. And there was definitely that, oh, snap moment. And that was really fun to watch. Knowing that it was coming and hearing that from the audience Mm -hmm. was super fun. And then right after that, um, when Gohan powers up and, and rushes at everybody was like oh yeah shit just got real <laughs> it just like took him out and you could just hear like half the audience go oh like it was like a just everybody let out a sigh at the same time like well, that's like that tension finally broke heath i want to ask you in particular because i mean my last viewing of this movie was the extended edition and so mm-hmm. watching the theatrical version i'm thinking yeah i really miss a lot of the scenes that help the scenes yes. breathe a little bit in particular boo where he does get another chance to kind of jump up and fight a little bit boo comes back like two or three times he does but also goku up on Kaios after he's been defeated just having that little extra explanation from him and his monologue stuff Did did you feel like the theatrical cut is still a good cut of the film or as we tend to be, do we just know too much? I think we just know too much Yeah, because the first time that I even watched the movie when it came out on Blu-ray, it didn't seem all that, that terrible to me at all. I know some people were like, oh yeah, it kind of jumps from here to there. And I can see that, but just from a a sit down first viewing, I I thought it was fine. You don't really notice it, but yeah. When you really compare how much that they they cut out, 
you know, just to make it work. I'm going to chalk it up to we know too much. <laughs> you know, another really big scene that uh, I kind of want to mention, because, I mean, as many times as I've seen the movie at this point, it still gets a little dusty in the room when Videl kind of gives the actual mm-hmm. announcement of what is going on and Gohan starts tearing up a little bit. I still kind of lose it a little yeah. bit. We had a really good reaction in my theater yeah. to Dende just, oh, d- there's inside. Shh, I haven't told him yet. Right. Everybody else just huge gasp. Well, what? You know, it was like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. And and I still felt it over here. And I think that's kind of where I want to go with this. If you want to call it a review is as much as I've said, you know, some of those punch up script items take away from it as much as Kyo's performance is not Kyo to me. The overall movie itself, I still felt the same way mm-hmm. in the same places that I felt watching it in Japanese. And I think that says a lot about this dub of the movie. I completely agree with that. Like, well, I enjoyed watching it, but I'm probably never going to watch the dub again. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's that's kind of how it is with us here where it's, okay, we watched it. That was a fun curiosity. Back to business. So it's it's tough because I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a thing. And that was the experience. But we have other things to do. And this isn't how we watch the series. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to me, it ended up being more about going to see it in a theater with other fans. It was. More than That's, anything. Yeah. yeah, it was the spectacle of the event rather than the product itself. Because um, even when when we got out of the theater, I, I had met up with Nate from the forum and, and he asked me, you know, my thoughts. And, and I made the offhand comment of, yeah, you know, it was it was really good. But I mean, I've seen it 80 times. Right. So, <laughs> so at that point, it really was just about I want to go see it with other fans. Yeah. I want to see their reactions. I just want to enjoy it. Yeah. And and I did see what I would have liked to have met up with someone from the forms. But apparently I'm the only one out here in this neck of the woods. <laughs> right. It's just you. But I mean, even though I'm not probably not going to watch the dub again it is good knowing that the dub is good and that people who watch it in english are you know getting essentially the same movie as the japan as it is in japanese yeah that's the thing that we've always tried to get across where it's funimation's dub of dbz is yes it's still dragon ball and at the same time like when i'm talking about my memories of a scene i mean the classic example is always gohan super saiyan 2 transformation the experience i had with that scene and the things that i heard and the things that i watched are completely different from the things that the incredibly young tsunami fan was just you know wide-eyed watching for the first time and nothing against their experience but they they don't mix and to mm-hmm. see Battle of Gods mix so well, even with those couple things. And I'm like, uh, about overall, that was still Battle of Gods to me in pretty much every respect. And I know when I have a conversation with someone, anyone about Battle of Gods, if they watch it in Japanese or English, we're pretty much talking about the exact same thing. And no matter what we're talking about, we're on the same wavelength. And I love that. It makes things a lot easier. <laughs> We're not going to have to explain to people that, like, Beerus actually has a completely different personality or that he doesn't sound like a chain-smoking grandmother or anything like that. Right, right. There's nothing, you know, they got they got the 12 universes thing that was really accurate. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we're going to have to explain to people about, well, it's actually like this in the original version. Right, there's no well actuallys here. Uh, I th- actually, I think there is. There's some line about, like, galaxies getting blown up that I don't even remember, but... 
that's about the extent of it. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's all the strength comparison stuff, and none of us yeah. talk about that anyway. So we nope. won't get involved in that conversation. We'll leave that to someone else. Although, Jake, it'll still come back to you in the end anyway. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to do some sort of big post just trying to explain about what we just everything about the 12 galaxies and not 12, the 12 universes comment. Right. And what we do and don't know and all that. But I mean, the main culprit there is really just DB multi multiverse. <laughs> you think the fan manga has destroyed any correct interpretation of that scene? You know, it's not their fault, but people who are familiar with that fan comic, as soon as they hear multiple universes, they think it must be exactly the way it is in this fan comic. Right. Take the idea and run yeah, with it. Yeah. yeah, where it's like the whole point of the line in the movie is that it's about new possibilities. Like, who knows what could be out there? What new strong opponents? It's not like in this universe there's a evil Goku with a mustache or anything like that. <laughs> right. But if there was... <sighs> in 2015. I did notice one thing, which, I don't know, it's not probably really worth noting, but because I'm a big dork, I sat through the entire credit roll. Yeah, I did like too. Like I oh, do. Yeah. Yep. And, looking, and I noticed that they did indeed, because I'm pretty sure Toei just sent them a translated credits, yeah. at least for the Japanese, and... Beerus in the Japanese cast yeah, is credited that. as Beerus. Well, that's the thing. I was just like, oh, that's pretty well, cool. Well, there's two things there. First of all, the translation was credited to Steve Simmons, so I'm really excited mm -hmm. about that. And yeah, Beerus was listed as Beers, <laughs> as opposed yeah. to Beerus, which is the, the accepted spelling for Funimation's English dub. So... And I know when uh, Josh was talking about the kind of red carpet event and then the after party, they were playing a subtitled version. It was subtitled in that as beers. I suppose we could have asked Steve ahead of time, um, ahead of recording this podcast. It may also be that Steve went with beers as the spelling for the subtitle version. And so that's what was reflected over there in the credits. Could be. And that's fine. I just thought it was interesting because I know that Toei, you know, when right, they right. released the official guide for the movie, yeah, it's, it's their spelling. listed in, as beers. Right. So. I didn't notice the other characters in there. Like, was it written as Tenshin Han and Kudidin or? Honestly, I don't remember. Yeah. I will look this week. Yeah, I only noticed beers there because that's what stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't looking for the other stuff. Well, at that point, I was watching the manga panels go by. Yeah, yeah. And I just happened to glance over. And right, I was like, right. Because oh. I had already seen the Japanese credits. Right. And way too many times all right what else is there anything oh um something that did st uh, stand out to me is uh, when videl is explaining that she's pregnant yes and uh she refers to her baby as a he mm, yeah, yeah which i thought was interesting because i mean obviously we know it's pawn right it's going to be female and the, you know funny funimation they have to know it's pawn so it's like they had to like have intentionally decided that the character wouldn't know that it was going to be mm -hmm. a female I don't know, it's, it's a weird, subtle touch, but I thought it was kind of neat that they did that. Yeah, I feel like they could have just said it or they or something like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm looking too much into it, but it's like they intentionally made it wrong because they knew the character wouldn't have the information we did. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It could be either way, because a lot of times people will just insert he, just he instead yeah. of it right, and go with the male. But I, Well, I mean, that's... The thing, like they know, you, you just never know. <laughs> yeah, but it's like they they know people do that, so they had the character do that, even though mm -hmm. it, yes. it's hard to explain. Right? No, I gotcha. I know how that goes. Before we knew, everyone, <laughs> yeah. I just referred to it as a him. Well, and that's what you ended up with. So good on you. I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, I feel like we we went through the script, 
the old voices, the new voices, the audience, our own perspective on all of the above. I'm glad to have gotten the chance to go see it like this. I mean, we had the very, very brief double feature of movie six and movie 12 back in what 2005 that kind of doesn't count as anything we had evolution that counts and doesn't count on so many different kinds of levels this was i used the word earlier it was a spectacle and i'm glad to have had the chance to enjoy it in a, a giant crowded room that way with other people and to see the movie that i know portrayed the way that I would hope it would be portrayed. It's 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 that really egotistical. Like I want my view of the movie to be shown to me so I can be vindicated. Yes. And that's what I got. So I'm happy. I'm a happy Vegito EX from 1999. It was I just used the word surreal. It was totally by the time it was over, yeah. just because of how accurate it was. And it's like almost something that I had never I, I don't normally watch the English dub almost ever. And having that experience was i think really good and by the time it was all done it was just kind of like did that just happen <laughs> is this is this 2014 right what you know yeah it was just it was really nice i really enjoyed myself the fans were great overall just a really good experience and i would totally do it again would do business again a plus plus yes i mean i kind of had the same experience or actually, I think almost I was weirded out by the extent that I wasn't weirded out by the movie, if <laughs> right. that makes sense. No, totally. It's like, of course the dub is good. Why wouldn't the dub not be this good? Right. It's like, I just, ex yeah, I don't know, if that makes sense. No, I totally hear you. I want to travel back in time and tell myself, don't worry, I know. it's all good. I know. <laughs> Go back to 1999. My, how old was I at that point? 17? Just be like, dude, it's okay. It's okay. Okay, it's going to be a long time, but in a few years, you will be able to talk about this with everyone else, and you'll all be talking about the same thing. And I would probably punch myself in the face, like, shut up, old man. You go back to your future. Get back to your hoverboards. Yeah, when are we getting those, by I the way? I don't know, I'm still waiting. Flying cars, hoverboards, self-lacing shoes, come on. One step at a time. Well, I'd rather, if we're traveling in time, I'd rather we just uh, send the uh, modern Funimation cast back to 1999 <laughs> so they could do it right from the start. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the thing where we just wish we had this all the time and everyone would be better for it, probably. We, mm -hmm. we say that because we know what's best for everyone. Of course. But it would probably create some alternate timeline where, like, there's World War Three or something or zombies. Oh, there would definitely effect. be zombies. I guess let's bring this to a close. This has been Konzenshu, and we have been talking about an English dub for almost an hour at this point. We must be in one of these alternate universes. I do have a goatee. I'm not wearing my red scouter because one of the cats broke it. Oh, bummer. Yar. But next episode, we're going to have to get together and discuss the big green dub of this movie. Heath, you and Corey and Ryan, I already did one of those, so. Yes. It exists out there. That's good. I think it's actually in the podcast feed, so you can go grab it. Is it really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I put it in the okay. feed. Was I on vacation that week or something? Yes. Yeah, I came back and I put it in the podcast feed, so it should be there if you just dig back far enough. Oh, good times. I don't know if it's on the site, but it's definitely in the podcast feed. Yeah, I was <sighs> I was looking over at the shelf yesterday, and I saw those, uh, was the Warner Vision slash AB dubs of mm -hmm. those movies. I'm thinking, I should put that in. That would be a great afternoon. That would be. Yeah, I mean, you've got plenty of beer. So. I do. I'm loaded right now. Got to put it to use. All right. Well, let's bring this to a close. I have been Mike. We have had Heath and Jake. It has been three-fourths of the Consensu staff here talking about an English-dubbed product. 
It's craziness. It's madness. Next time here on the show, I don't know what's going on. We haven't talked about news in a while. There's a new movie. There's a game. There's content. I don't know what's going on anymore. There's just so much stuff that I can't keep up. I don't think any of us can keep up. I give up. You do? Yeah, let's let's just uh, close the site down now. I mean, we're done. There's nothing else for us to do. Nope. I fold. Works for me. Julian will thank us. (laughs) Yeah, he's not here. So Julian's in charge. (laughs) The end. All right. Send him an email explaining that he's now the uh, sole owner and runner of Kanzenchu. Yeah, that'll go far. He's grooming his children anyway. That's right. So he'll be good. That's right. It'll take a few years, but we'll have a new staff coming up the ranks. Let's bring this to a close. I don't know what's happening anymore. I don't either. Heath, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thank you for and, having you. you know, I mean, you run the site too. Well, yeah, I do. But I like to be polite about <laughs> okay, it. Okay, I appreciate that. I, yeah, I always, I love getting all the emails um, in the middle of the night. That are to you, I know, but like, but they're to both of us, dear Mister Labrie, and he's the one reading it. <laughs> and then we, I um, I don't know, maybe this is super secret, but okay. I love that we get tweets to Consentu, and then either you or myself are tagged in it as well. Yeah, even though we get it because Consentu's already tagged. Right, we're already so, seeing it. That's okay. It's like your 140 characters are very precious. You don't right. need to tag right. all of us. We're all going to see it. And then you have Julian who makes tweets to Consentu. Like, dude, what are you doing? But the best part is while he's making them, I'm talking to him. I know, I'm chatting I know. with him. So it's like, why Julian, are you doing stop that? doing that. If you want more people to see it, either leave off the Consentu or tweet from the Consentu account. Oh, social media. Someday, someday we'll all figure it out. Technically, I'm the one who does this for a living. Uh, Jake, thank you. Yay, thanks for having me. Again, you don't need to say thanks for having me. We're all, we all do this. This is... Well, Jake and I will take over next week then. That'd be fine. (laughs) I think there's been one actual numbered named podcast episode that I've not been on. And there's been a couple times where I'm like, I'm gone for a couple weeks. If you want to do a show... Go ahead, and then nothing ever happens. And we're all like, yes, now we're crickets, all on vacation. Crickets, crickets, crickets. <laughs> uh, let's be done. This yes. has been 367 of our podcast. We'll see you next time, whenever that is, for 368. We got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Uh, I did have a few topics. I do not remember what they are right now, but they're coming. And then, Heath, there's a lot of cool content on the site. We've been mm-hmm. making our way through more translations that Julian has either already had done or is wrapping up now. Believe it or not, we are still doing Battle of Gods translations. <sighs> I know. It's crazy. We are. And uh, we're about to do it again. Yay. I know Julian really wants to wrap up everything before the next movie, but I don't know that it can happen. There's so much. Well, he wanted to wrap it up before it premiered in the U.S. Yeah. And And that didn't happen. We set lots of goals that don't actually happen. Like the wiki. I don't think it's a super secret anymore that we have lives. I don't know. Well, it's not even that. It's the... We start on one thing and then other things come up that we have to attend to. That's true, too. (laughs) If they would just stop making new stuff, we could complete... Then we could get to the old stuff that we still haven't even done yet. Honestly, the movie, it, it takes up... There's so many little things that go into updating about a movie and keeping track of it is all the little pages throughout the site and having to make new tags and pages that link to other things there's just so many little things that have to be done anytime a new project is announced that that's why whatever you want to be done whether it's the wiki transformation guide video game guide that's why it's not done 
Because they keep making new things. Yeah, I want to know why we keep getting emails still about the transformation oh guy. Well, and like constantly, like once a month. No, it, it is. It's a lot. And I've talked about this. The transformation guide was one of the first new, like really huge things that Julian and I did when I relaunched Dizen 2X 2003. I think the transformation guide was 2004, somewhere around there. Since then, we've had the super exciting guides, especially in particular, the Extreme Battle Collections, the Chozenshu, Battle of Gods. I mean, there's been so many things that the transformation guide would kind of have to be entirely redone from the ground up because a lot of the documentation in there doesn't make sense anymore. So we'll do some other stuff before we get to that. You need to launch re- relaunch the transformation guide so that, it, that it's just a guide to uh, GT transformations for Game Boy Advance. That's a great idea. I'm just going to put a big stamp on it so when it loads, it just says current as of 1995. <laughs> right, right. Well, it would be 2004, but that's fine. <sighs> All right, we keep talking, but we don't wrap things up. Nope. Let's be done. Let's keep going. No, I got to pee really bad. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Bye, my heart.